fellow humans, welcome to another episode of Natter the Zelenia podcast. I'm Natalie, like every other episode beforehand, and this is an interview episode. I have a friend here in the same room as me, which is really exciting because, uh, yeah, she's in my cohort, so I'm not going to die and get COVID, <laughs> which is super exciting. Or we're both going to die. Yeah, we're both. <laughs> Just croak, so None of us are both of us. <laughs> All or nothing. All right. Hello, everybody. Say hi to Katie Demink. Yay! <laughs> How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing good. I've got a nice warm cup of tea. Nice. Yeah. You made mine, too. What am I drinking? I don't even know. Actually, Lauren made it. I don't know what oh. you're drinking. Oh, it had a cool name, though. I won't be the one dying later. Okay. Just kidding. Sorry, Lauren. You're not poisoning me. Um, <laughs> this is starting off weird. Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Who am I? Um, I am... I'm going to refer to... I was like, who am I? Um, (laughs) I'm a student. I am a piano teacher. I'm a dog mom. I am a craft person. I like comfy things. That that's my identity right there. <laughs> and you were you did two piano lessons for two of my roommates before we did this. Three. Wait, all three of them were yeah. two. <laughs> oh shit! Cool. We all got a piece of you today. Yeah, that's exciting. Nice. Uh, what are we going to be talking about? Um. Well, I feel like the thing I can definitely talk about the most and the longest is what I'm studying for school, but. Who knows what'll happen? There's lots of things. We already <laughs> mentioned we dogs, talk about. so we have to talk about dogs at some oh, point. Oh yes, actually, um, yeah. So let's get into it. Um, we are talking about psychology today, which is what you're studying because you are a genius and have a useful major, unlike me. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll see how you useful it is. It. You can say it. Okay. Well, let's start Look off from the beginning. Look how useful your major is coming in right now. I would have been useless at setting up look at this weird machinery you have that makes it has lights and bells and whistles and dials like i don't know what that is i could get into it but it's, it's like honestly it's not that exciting we'll do an episode where i interview you and you can tell me all about that that thing okay everybody here who doesn't know anything about music music here looks so like it looks so complicated right but it's not because everything is they're just different channels of the exact same thing so you can do multiple sounds at the same time like we're using two bikes right now so there are two channels that we're using but they're exactly the same so it looks complicated just because there's a lot of knobs but it's like you need to know one thing and then it's all good anyway um yeah from the beginning how did you become interested in psychology well it was a very roundabout journey to my psych career I started in post-secondary in music. Um, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to music degrees. I just like, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. So I tried um, switching to education. I also liked it, but didn't love it. So I tried switching to communications, a program called Professional Communications, which was essentially learning how to write really well and how to manage social media and like, that kind of stuff. Public speaking was part of it too, but I was getting close to being done that degree. And I was like, 
I don't want to do this forever. Like there's no jobs in this field that actually interest me. So I started over again. This was four years <laughs> into Ooh. post-secondary and I just was like, I'm going to reset. I'm going to just go into Bachelor of Arts and I'm going to like try a That's bunch of stuff. so brave. <laughs> yep. But one of the first courses I took when I uh, just was like, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to try a bunch of stuff was like the first intro site course. And I was like, Oh, here it is. This is what I want to do. So it was like plenty of years of like, what the hell is actually going on? And then you found your little cozy sweater. I found my cozy sweater. (laughs) Yeah. That's the perfect analogy. Cause I love cozy sweaters. (laughs) So what do you learn in that first intro psych class? Oh, so much. I actually, I'm now I'm a TA in intro psych, so I'm very familiar with what goes on in intro psych again. And it's like, in intro psych, they just teach you pretty much the the beginning of every field in psychology. So it's so, so much. Like you start with like the basics on the brain and like neuroscience basics. And then you talk about like social science or sorry, sorry, social psychology and like all of that um area of psych and you learn about um now I'm blanking on other things that we've learned about what else have we done we talk about um like the scientific method is a big focus because that's such like it's the foundation of everything (laughs) in psych (laughs) like what an experiment is and like why experiments are the like number one the only way that you can determine like if one thing causes another thing and um yeah, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and psychology is a really interesting major, obviously. What is the initial enrollment like? Like, it's a lot of people trying to get into it, that program, right? Yeah, it's, um, at least at my school, it, it is a competitive major, but basically just what that means is you have to high, have a high enough GPA to get okay. in. Because we don't want stupid psychiatrists. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's even like, yeah, so this is just to be a psych major for your undergrad I think you have I can't remember what the entrance GPA is it's not super super high but um yeah getting into graduate programs out of that is a whole other story it's a whole different game yeah oh shoot all right um awkward silence because I can't read right now (laughs) all right (laughs) <laughs> I was like trying to find the right segue from what you say into all of these questions I have and I'm like uh, staring at my computer screen like what the hell I okay. can imagine that's a hard job that yeah gets better with practice <laughs> yeah I'm not very good at it yet all right this question <laughs> this question that I hear so many people talk about and my mom was a psych major too and so she talked about it too about how people start studying psychology and then they're like I can analyze everybody around me (laughs) did you go through that or did your classmates go through that and do you still do it I think this is so funny because like it's so okay the 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 time that that was the worst for me is when I was taking abnormal psychology and in that course you learn all about all of the different disorders that are in the DSM which is the fancy manual of psychologists that have like all of the characteristics for like depression and OCD and schizophrenia and everything um so you're learning about all of that and when you're going through all of these disorders and learning about all the symptoms and like what it looks like and that course is really hard not to start being like 
ooh, that sounds like X person or like this time, like, oh my God, that sounds like me or <laughs> yeah. But they do, they warn you. They're like, you can't diagnose people when you're done this class. Like you could be right, but you can't diagnose them. That's just, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> just straight up not allowed. You will fail this course. Yeah. Yeah. We will find that. you and we will give you an F. <laughs> I mean this in the nicest way possible. What's the most interesting disorder? Oh man. I feel like that's very that's very subjective. Like mm. if you're going in to be like a clinical psychologist, you probably are very interested in something in particular and you wanna specialize in it, so it's different for anybody for everybody. Um I've probably I find um schizophrenia to be really interesting because I feel like it's Part of the reason why I find it interesting is it's very, um, I think, represented poorly in general in society. Like when, in general, I think when people think about schizophrenia, they picture like people acting crazy and like hearing voices and like mm-hmm. those unfortunately are, can be like consequences of the symptoms, but it's a lot more complicated than that. And, um, and I think the way that we view it can be really problematic because we see people with schizophrenia as fundamentally different. And so they often, um, and I mean, there's, there's degrees of it too, right? Like there can be a person with schizophrenia who can't live a normal life. It's just too intense. But then there's people who with the right treatment could live a normally functioning life. Right. And, um, it takes people understanding that to, um, be able to um, get to that place, treating people that way. Um, on this topic, I find uh, find this really interesting. My my supervisor for my thesis, one of his research areas is on like language and how that affects oh, cool. how we perceive things. So one of the things that he's studied is um, whether like the, the impact of using the term schizophrenic versus with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of been demonstrated repeatedly that schizophrenic is like, that's your identity. And it's also yeah. viewed a lot more, um, a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Whereas with schizophrenia has schizophrenia is like, that's just a thing you have. Like yeah. I have a shirt, like I have schizophrenia. It's yeah. not who I am. It's just, I've, um, I've heard that like terminology of person before diagnosis based around autism, which I suppose mm-hmm. would be like the same thing. They're not autistic. They're a person who has autism. Yes. Cause same thing. Yeah. yeah. Similar, like on that line too, like another area of his research is on, um, the language of suicide. And so it's, it's a little bit different, but same idea that um, saying someone um, committed suicide mm-hmm. is a lot more problematic than died by suicide or other ways to say it. But committed yeah. has a like it criminal sounds tone. very. Yeah, it, it just sounds yeah. so much more negative when you think of it that way. And I never thought of that before. Yeah, because historically it was illegal, right? Yeah. That's why where the term came from. But like, yeah. that's in the past. Like, we can respect that, like, the circumstances that lead people to need to take their own life is, like, so much more complicated. And um, being, like, putting the onus on them and saying things like commit is so much yeah and the language is judging instead of just stating a fact yeah more so yeah that's super interesting do you know if um any like actual different languages or different cultures 
have different ways like obviously different cultures have different ways of talking about psychological things but do you know to what extent any studies have been done or anything like that like if in different languages the terminology is different yeah if terminology mm. is different or if just the way yeah just <laughs> if things are different across the board because obviously not everyone yeah. thinks the way an english speaker does i'm not sure actually i haven't heard about do you like do you know like you speak french is it is it also the same terminology in french it's gosh trying to think right now not to put you on the spot yeah it's um so if we're talking about suicide it would be um suicide which means like to do unto oneself but you say that the same way um um if you dress yourself in the morning Mm -hmm. you 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 would say it in the same way so I, i don't see it as um as intense yes. a way of saying it it's just the way the language uh, functions rather than the verb that they're choosing yeah it seems like f- like the term that's always been used in french doesn't have those same negative connotations yeah. that need to be addressed yeah. in english yeah because yeah. it's just it's the exact same sentence structure you use for dressing yourself in the morning um yeah <laughs> weird that's stuff that's kind of cool though yeah yeah but i also don't know like maybe Maybe French culture is just different and more open because I know they're mo- more open about boobies. So like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're less judgy about stuff. Maybe it was the English that had a problem with everything. I don't know. I don't know any English people. If you're English and listening to this, tell me what's up. Um, <laughs> I'm just confused. We need answers. <laughs> we need the answers right now. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to you and the stuff you do know. <laughs> what field are you most interested in? Um, my areas of interest have kind of headed towards, I want to go into, um, into counseling. So things that fall in that area, things that help to improve outcomes in, in treatment, in therapy, um, things that prevent people from being able to, um, get get things out of therapy and get good therapy which kind of people are less likely to seek out therapy and how can we reach those people mm-hmm. um basically big old mental health advocate i want everybody <laughs> to have healthy brains <laughs> that's so sweet what is the difference between counseling and other therapy we may have seen in movies how do you feel about that how does that make you feel laying on a couch and all that stuff <laughs> i do have a lot of feelings about this because um like that that image of like a therapist like with you while you're lying on the couch comes from psychoanalysis which is freud which is most people who know even a little bit about freud know that he was a weird ass dude lots of cocaine lots of cocaine (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he was cool because he had some like he had some cool ideas like he was the one who pointed out that like we have an unconscious self that we need to pay attention to and he also was like what happened in your childhood that affects you but um other than that he was the guy who was like men just want to fuck their moms so yeah yeah and apparently all women have penis envy yes we yeah we just are so upset We're just that we don't so have mad penises. we can't pee standing up oh yeah. my god <laughs> So yeah, anyways, so that was him. He was the one who was like, lie on this couch and just like, I'm going to guide you into your like 
unconscious self where your where your id lies, which is basically um, your id is my my professor described it as um, how did he word it? A sex starved chimpanzee who just wants to fuck everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was, was his words. <laughs> oh yeah. So you have that going on, and then your like super ego is trying to make sure you're the best person you possibly can. Then your ego is like trying to manage all of that. This is like Freud's really out there theory that has not been verified at all. But anyways, God, yeah. I hope not. So that's where that <laughs> comes from. That's where that image of, I don't know if any, what I just said made any sense. No, it totally <laughs> made sense. Um, yeah. The image of lying on the couch, Freud is like guiding you into the deep depths of your unconsciousness so you can have catharsis and figure out what's really going on for you. But, um, kind of what really needs to happen is like therapy is unfortunately like a lot of work for the client like they Mm -hmm. have to um good therapy should have homework Mm -hmm. and you should be leaving your session like going to work on what you've talked about like in your everyday week that's the way you're gonna improve right but anyways so um back to your (laughs) question about different types of therapy um and I think you're asking about counseling versus other types of therapy um yeah I I knew I wanted to go to grad school I knew I wanted to be a psychologist and work with people like doing psychotherapy so uh that kind of leaves you with counseling or clinical Mm -hmm. and that was a big debate for me which one I wanted to do and it it's really it's kind of a joke between psych majors like what's the difference because no one really has a really strong answer there's a few things that make them different but basically from what I understand they're converging like they're becoming more and more similar that if you have a PhD in either one you can get pretty similar jobs but clinical generally focuses a little bit more on um, really serious psychopathology like schizophrenia or really severe like bipolar disorder or something like that whereas the counselor probably more likely is going to do jobs that are a little bit more like dealing with everyday issues like um maybe anxiety or depression if it's not too severe like Mm -hmm. those those sorts of things um yeah I just saw myself working more in a setting like like a um just like a office where people come in for counseling or um like a private practice or something as opposed to a hospital yeah which is part of the reason why I chose counseling that's interesting yeah i never known the difference between them before and also psychiatrists it took me forever to realize oh they're the ones dealing with medications yeah 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 psychologists um at least in canada don't have the qualifications to give out prescriptions are psychiatrists medical doctors too they are they like pharmacists like what are they I don't know enough about psychiatry, honestly. That's my only, it, like, that's the yeah. extent of my distinction is, like, they do a lot of what psychologists yeah. can do, but they can do medication. They focus more on <laughs> okay. the um, biomedical side of mental health. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So what kind of skills are important to become a psychologist in, I'm going to say, in a field where you're actually working with patients and not just doing studies and stuff? actually working with patients mm-hmm. um patients but oh no i did i did a bad thing <laughs> clients what do i call them what oh no 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 i was making a joke so i was like to have patients you oh. need patients <laughs> like spelled the other I thought way you were like no you're 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 making it a medical thing and i like, yeah okay anyway i'm dumb uh, what's your answer <laughs> i totally see why because <laughs> 
That's really funny because that is that is a whole t- that tangent like, I could go shit, on. Shit, did I just get called out? No, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. Like P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Did I spell that right? I don't know. <laughs> patience. Patience for patience. Or clients. Um, should we start over? Ask <laughs> that question. What do I say, client or patient? Are both okay? Um, you could just yeah, say client. I'm gonna say client. It doesn't that matter. Feels I'm so sorry. That was not at all what I was trying to do. <laughs> I think that is absolutely hilarious. What kind of skills are important uh, for a psychologist who wants to deal with clients and not just do research? Um. Patience is very important. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it, like, I mean, obviously I'm not in the profession yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, skimming the surface, and hopefully we'll get there. Um, I only know what I know from volunteer experience, which, again, just skimming the surface. But, yeah, lots of patients. Often, like, people know they need help, but they... And they come to get it, but they aren't ready to like to do uh, it, right? Yeah. Which is what I deal with a lot in my volunteering as um, like a crisis responder with the crisis text line. It's a lot of I find, yeah, being able to have patience for people who need time to open up and need to um, need space and need to, um, yeah. Sometimes that like they come, but they aren't ready to to take the steps. But yeah, so patience. Um, Empathy really helps, although there's definitely a tricky balance with empathy because if you have too much of it, it can make it hard. Yeah. Like, are, are you somebody who cries at movies a lot? Do you cry easily at movies? Um, it, depend, it depends. Okay, if there's that's an a good animal, answer. <laughs> if there's an animal getting hurt, yes, guaranteed. They're <laughs> only in tears. Um, but yeah. That may, okay, that's a good answer because I'm someone who cries at everything, like, at work we watched the movie onward have you ever heard of that movie i've heard of it i haven't seen it it is before the climax of the movie there are like seven super emotional scenes and they just happen one after the other and i'm like oh my god i cannot catch a break so i'm like bawling my eyes out at work with all these children yeah i work with children everybody i don't think i've mentioned that yet so we watch movies sometimes and i'm just crying at work and so i just don't think i could have that balance of like because i i see other people's stories and i just can't handle it so the fact that you only cry when there's animals which is kind of weird <laughs> but i think it's probably a good thing i mean that's not it's not only when there's animals it's just guaranteed if an animal gets hurt i will be very upset but yeah i uh i can hold it together that's good <laughs> that's a good answer we got the answer in the end that's what matters okay what's the most fascinating thing you've learned so far Oh my god, that's a very hard question. Um, I feel like I need a little more direction, like fascinating because because there's just so many cool things. Fascinating because it is. Hmm. <laughs> I don't really know because all like you say, all of psychology is fascinating. How about the way that? People view themselves. Self-image. Do you know about self-image at all? Mm. So, like, something I've learned that has kind of helped, like, been fascinating in terms of understanding how people see themselves? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, 
do you would you be okay with um coming back to this question later and i can yeah, think of a better totally. answer because it's a very good question i just want to think of a good sure. answer also i'm really sorry if we're i'm trying really hard not to move because this chair like creaks when i move but mm. if if the I sound of like murder is coming in <laughs> i keep moving away from chair. my mic so my sound's gonna be like whoa <laughs> And it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm the one that has to edit it after. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, well, let's go to a fun question then. How does LSD affect the brain? Oh, boy. Putting me on the spot. That's not really my area. I know you took a class, though. I I know you took a class. Neuropharmacology. Woohoo. From my really... There's going to be people who hear this probably that are like, this not even accurate. It's like barely accurate because it's so much more complex than this, but... Um, from what I understand, um, I mean, drugs affect your neurotransmitters, um, and the way LSD works, um, it's like a, it's like fake serotonin. So when you take LSD, your brain thinks there's way more serotonin happening than there actually is. So the overload of serotonin leads to like the silliness and the giggliness and the, um, visual hallucinations and so like the surplus of all of that just makes everything like yeah interesting is it true that you see flowers on lsd that you see flowers (laughs) yeah you know all the stories about the 60s where they're like you just see flowers floating and it's like bikini bottom you know with things just randomly in the sky does enough serotonin make that happen uh i i'm sure enough of any psychoactive drug and you would see so weird see some i just I, I love all of the the preconceived notions about drugs people have because it's like where did you get I don't, that yeah, from? i don't know if anybody ever said that that actually happens like you you listen to all the things from the grateful dead and all that when they were doing the acid tests in the 60s like they're drinking like a cup of just kool-aid with acid in it and like who knows how much they're even doing but i never once heard that people actually saw like floating images and stuff and that's just what you think now like i remember having dare in school and they're like you'll start hallucinating flowers and (laughs) rainbows and it's like what do you know the story about the guy who discovered lsd it was an accident, I think. Yeah, it was like a, uh, it's it's like a fungus that grows on wheat, and he was like trying to synthesize it into something else, and he got it on his fingers, and he felt like really weird that day. <laughs> but then when he kind of realized what it was, he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna test this out and see, like, test out dosages. So I'm just gonna take a really small amount and see what happens." But um, LSD is ridiculously potent compared to every other drug like micrograms are effective um so he ended up doing i think something like i want to say like at least 10 times stronger than an average dose of lsd oh my god (laughs) just at work (laughs) please tell me you took notes on this yeah there's really interesting like (laughs) i remember from my textbook like little excerpts on things he said about his experience but can you imagine being the first guy on lsd being like that'd be not knowing scary yeah like i remember the first time i got drunk and that was scary enough and i knew what was happening the whole time (laughs) it wasn't oh this is weird oh my god that's terrifying yeah i guess if anyone saw weird floaty things it would be him Okay, that was a good random fun question. I have another fun question for you. Do you think Hannibal Lecter was a good psychiatrist? Okay, I, 
I know I'm the worst psych major ever, but I haven't. It's Silence of the Lambs, Silence right? Silence of the Lambs. I think literally just the other day, I think it was Lauren who said she watched it. And yeah, we, we were talking it. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I will watch it soon it's on my it's on my netflix list i swear when you watch it you'll be like oh natalie was just being an ass that's a stupid question because he's not a he's he's not a good psychiatrist <laughs> okay <laughs> okay serious answer now what are some, some good psychology books or even just fictional stories that have good mind moments in them oh heck yeah um the first one i'll say is very specific to my specific area, which um, is like well-being and yeah. um, positive psychology. I'm pretty sure I've already recommended this book to you, so maybe <laughs> um, you already know what I'm talking about. It's called The Happiness Trap. Um, it's by Russ Harris, and it is essentially it's called The Happiness Trap because they make the the claim. It's based on um, a type of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, and it's based around the premise that society's kind of put happiness on this pedestal, but it's not realistic the way we generally view happiness. Like, we, we look around and think everybody around us is happy in general, but when you really ask people, like, the amount of time in a day you spend feeling happy mm-hmm. is not as much as we, th- we think. And we tend to think, like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I not happy all the time? But that's not really how the world works. It's just an unrealistic view and also they kind of argue that building your life around trying to feel happiness can be Mm -hmm. kind of artificial and instead they advocate for building your life around things that are meaningful to you and engaging in things like um being mindful and doing stuff you're passionate about and that kind of that kind of stuff and um learning how to when you have a distressing thought instead of latching onto it, learning how to distance yourself from it. Um, yeah, it was like, it was like it a life changing so good. Book. Yeah. I view my whole life differently after reading it. I would recommend it to literally anybody. It's, it's like, it's a self help book, but, um, it's not your typical self help book. Not that I've read a lot of them, but, um, it, it just like, I don't know. It, is a really nice guide to some exercises that you can start doing really easily every day mm-hmm. that just like I just feel like more of a peaceful and mindful person mm-hmm. um, or at least I'm learning how to be more of a peaceful and mindful person from that book that's so, amazing yeah it, it kind of sounds like um, the social dilemma you know how everybody's like get off social media it's awful for your health nobody's actually that perfect and happy all the time it's like the world's finally like oh shit it's all bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah the western world needs to jump on the mindfulness bandwagon that the eastern okay say say the title of that book one more time for everybody it's the happiness trap by russ harris go read it and if you don't i will find you just kidding link in the bio (laughs) okay yeah i'll put a link to audible in the bio but not Amazon, because Amazon... No way, shit. Audible is Amazon, isn't it? Is Amazon. Everything Fuck. is Amazon. What, what isn't Amazon? I'll find a chapters link Okay, let's do that. Nobody on this podcast is allowed to buy from Amazon ever again. They're the devil. <laughs> I'm so all over the place. I had a long day at work, guys, and you can tell. <laughs> Based on this interview, am I a narcissist? <laughs> 
no <laughs> thank god what well, actually is a narcissist because i feel like that's been tossed around again all over the internet and nobody actually knows what they're talking about um this isn't my area but i know some other zillennials who it is their area if Ooh, you want to talk to them sure <laughs> um yeah, I don't know a lot about it, honestly. I could say a couple things, but I feel like it's not even not even worthwhile, especially if you ever do want to do that. Sure. For you, so. <laughs> totally. Okay, who's your psychology hero? Aw, that's so cute. This is, like, really cheesy, but honestly, like, my supervisor is one of my favorite people. Aw. And, um, yeah, I just want to follow in his footsteps and be like him one day. <laughs> and get the A's. <laughs> and get all the a's (laughs) just kidding that's actually a really good answer and it's it's nice that you actually have um profs that are worth looking up to yeah not not every school will have somebody that you that has the area of expertise that you want to follow with so yeah Uh, yeah I definitely looked out he's um (laughs) helped me so much through everything I've been doing in my degree and helping me figure out how to get into grad school oh. and everything like his interests are like so interesting to me too i f- i feel very lucky yay what's his name shout out to him um shout out to dr andrew howell good job check doctor. out his research he's awesome Woohoo! and what is the most rewarding part of the work or studies that you do hmm Hitting with the really good, really broad questions. I love it. And I'm also going to say you can't just say helping people because that is such a cop-out <laughs> that response. Is a cop like, out. obviously, but like, what, what about it? What was the beginning of your question? What's the most rewarding part? Rewarding part of like studying? Of your work or the study. So like any okay. volunteering you're doing or even just, I passed a hard test. Woohoo. I don't know. We're all, <laughs> we're all students or ex-students here. We get it. Yeah. Um... I feel like I love that, and the reason why I fell in love with psych as a field is because everything I learn, I'm like, oh, there's a name for that. This thing I've experienced my whole life that I thought I was alone in, like, that's a thing that everybody experiences. This is incredible, and I have a thing to call it now. Um, It's just so, like, validating. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole, everything that I learn, I'm like, oh, I'm a normal normal. human. Everything is normal. Yeah. (laughs) And at the same time, nothing's normal, which then normalizes it. So it's fine. That kind of goes with the next question I was going to ask because I was going, I was wondering um, if there any, if there is any psychology knowledge that is useful for the general society who isn't psychologists to know Um, with self-improvement or just dealing with people you don't like or the happiness trap, you know, (laughs) like you've kind of gone over some of that already. Ooh, um, yeah, there's, there's so many things and there's lots of really good ways to learn about what's being like being done in psychology, even if you don't study it, like there's tons of podcasts and Mm -hmm. stuff for people who are intrigued by it, but like intimidated by how challenging it might be to study it in school. Mm -hmm. Um, plebs like me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that word. It's, it's a great. fun word. Plebeian society. Um, I think that that word... Nope, this is too much of a tangent. Never mind. Um, it's completely unrelated. I so want to know. I have another deep question. 
Psychologists know everything. What is the meaning of life? Isn't it 42? Isn't that what that one book says of the <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I, I haven't I haven't even read it. I haven't it. read it, but um I'm just so bitter that it's a number because I'm like, of everything you're gonna put math into this? Like, <laughs> fuck you. Um, I actually am gonna say the meaning of life is whatever you want it to be. That's my <laughs> sir. <Hot> I feel pockets. Like... <laughs> yeah. If that's your purpose is to eat hot pockets, fucking do it. Eat hot pockets every day. You're like you were born, that's your right. <laughs> Just don't hurt people. Yeah. Eat your hot pockets to yourself. Don't disrespect other people. There you go. That's a good answer. And another semi-serious question. Have you ever tried any good old-fashioned psychology tricks, quote-unquote, on that, on anyone, like staring at their forehead and making them really angry that you're not actually looking at them? Have you ever tried that? Well, I'm going to now. It's really awful. It sucks. Um, I don't think I have. I can't think of any other ones. that are. The only other thing that comes to mind is, like, have you seen those clips of like where they purposely um, prank people? Like kind of along those lines. Like they'll mm-hmm. do things like there's a bunch of actors that'll get into an elevator and face the back of the elevator yeah. to like mess with the one other person and see if they. Yeah, I haven't done that myself, but those I, things are. I think that is such a funny thing because at school, when I was in school. I'm not going there anymore. (laughs) Um, But when I was there, nobody stood and looked forward in the elevator. People would walk in, they'd lean against it, they turned to the back corner if they were having some kind of secret text message with somebody. Like, nobody was actually looking forward. So if you tried to do it in, like, of course, an arts building is a weird place to try to do something like that. (laughs) But if you were just facing the back of an elevator there, somebody would think it's a performance art piece and be like, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Once, did you see the shopping cart? I did. Yeah. <sighs> Once in our building, like I said, it's the arts building. They had all these podiums up that weren't being used for art yet. And somebody just brought a shopping cart in from the street and brought it up on this podium. And it was like a four foot high podium. It wasn't this little rinky ding thing. So this shopping cart is towering over everybody and they left it up for three months because they thought it was art. Art. <laughs> it was awful. And Capital another a. time, it's, it's funny because like art and psychology, I think go hand in hand so well. Cause another thing that happened is, um, whenever art was put up, they put a little plaque, well, a paper plaque next to it saying the name in the class. That way the janitors wouldn't, pull it all down once um one of my classmates uh spilled a bunch of chocolate chips on the ground and she just pushed them against the wall and with just loose leaf wrote that it was art and they left it there for a week like (laughs) like we talk about brain hacks like all you need is like some fake authority to make things happen that's incredible (laughs) so stupid I'm going to be um, spending the rest of my days in McEwen, like going to the art building and seeing what I can get away with <laughs> as art. You should do it. Like maybe I'll just like stand in the center of like the main floor and like stare up at the ceiling and not leave and see how long I can <laughs> I can stay there. And and if they got mad at you, you can just say, I'm doing, I'm doing a psychology art. experiment and it's art at the same time. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And they'd be like, oh my God, I don't know. Ah. 
<laughs> I'd love to see it happen, actually. This really is funny. art. This is the ultimate This excuse. is art. I like that. <laughs> I don't have any other questions except the final big one. What's the most fascinating thing you have learned? Ah! <laughs> um... <sighs> <laughs> One of the fascinating things I've learned is that we have Pavloved ourselves into thinking oh. of a salivating dog as soon as we hear the name Pavlov. That sucks. It's um, <laughs> really funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. You think of Pavlov and you think of a salivating dog. Like we did it to ourselves, and that's awesome. Humans are wild. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. Try to think of some of my other favorites. I took a couple high school psychology classes, which I didn't know was abnormal to have. They should be like, I totally think that high school should have yeah. psych in general. It was really, it was really eye-opening to have as a teenager because people w will always say things like, oh, I'm so OCD. And everybody who took that psychology class never once said, oh, I'm so OCD or I'm depressed or anything like that again. Because they're like, oh, I get it now. Like, yeah. It's actually a thing. And as a teenager, like you're stupid and you don't know anyway, but... Yeah, I think it's a good idea to have in high schools. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some very important concepts that, like, I feel like everybody should should learn about. Like, one of the things, first things that they teach in 104 is um, about understanding science and, like, being able to differentiate pseudoscience from science mm -hmm. because, in general, I feel like it's really easy to get get tricked into um, things that sound scientific, like this is proven to help you lose 30 pounds in 10 days. And, yeah. Like those kinds of things. All and, the buzzwords and stuff. Yeah, and like people have got really good at like using psychology to like create ads and um, products that sound really appealing, but when it really comes down to it, like do they really work? So what you're saying is marketing is just crowd manipulation. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> marketing is very much psychology. It it's, is. You have That's to actually know really interesting. What gets people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I have a friend who did a psych degree and is now doing a marketing degree. So they go, they That's go together so for cool. sure. Yep. Yeah. For good and for bad. Like, no, you cannot lose 30 pounds in a week. That's so unhealthy. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but for other things, it's really good. Like, yes, do eat more vegetables. If a sign says that, you should believe it. I have something, I think. I will say Sick. that um, one of the, like, overall things that I've learned by studying psych is the understanding that your, like, frame of mind and your, your outlook and your attitude are so powerful um, like what you expect and what you go into things, um, looking for can make such a huge impact on what happens to you. And it, uh, it's interesting cause it, it's kind of sounds like, I don't know, have you heard of the law of attraction? Yes. Like the idea that if you think about it enough, it'll, and you really want it, it'll happen. It mm -hmm. sounds like that, but it's not the same thing. Like it's not like the law of attraction I don't know a lot about it honestly mm -hmm. I haven't seen where it comes from but I yeah. think if you think about it too literally that like it's not yeah, realistic I, right? if but I start thinking about a Ferrari that doesn't mean one will just show up in exactly. my driveway but if you say like you 
really want to, I don't know, if there's something you really want and you orient, you orient your life around it and you're, you adopt like a positive viewpoint and a positive view of yourself, like that does so much work in getting you there. And it's so, so much easier said than done to like, oh, orient yourself positively and um, your attitude is everything. Those are like easy words to say and hard things to do. But um, yeah, we are very capable of of change and being able to like get to where we want to go if we just have the faith in ourselves that we can Mm -hmm. I think that's my that's my opinion that's a good answer thanks and also if it's really hard to change your state of mind that's what therapy is for yeah and you can go to cool counselors like Katie (laughs) counselor (laughs) Katie I like it (laughs) alliteration awesome any final remarks Final remarks. Um, didn't you say you want to talk about dogs? Oh, yeah. What kind of dog do you have? Um, my dog is the best dog. Hot <laughs> take. He's a shepherd, lab, border collie cross. Um, he was a rescue. But he rescued us or whatever. <laughs> the- <laughs> he, um, he's literally like the perfect dog he's super cuddly and playful and um he, looks he like a licks bat. the tears off my face when i'm sad no. and he he learns really well and he likes to cuddle and he sleeps on our bed at night i just love him he's That's so best. sweet what's his name shout it's out parker hi parker shout out to parker you're cute we're gonna play this part for you and also oh, i guess i do have one more question do people actually end up looking like their dogs <laughs> I honestly think so. I all the time I'm like, yep, you you <laughs> totally look like your <laughs> I think so. Should we post a side by side photo of you and Parker on social media? I think Parker looks more like my partner because he's more his dog. Um yeah. How will we do an experiment? <laughs> <laughs> if we make him wear your t shirts for a week, maybe he'll start looking like <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I don't know. Be nice to each other and get therapy if you need to and talk to people if you need to and all that fun stuff. We will see you next time.